The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. episode of Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host. And today we've got a great show for you. I hope that you'll stay with us the entire time. This actually has got quite a lot of uh, meat to it and is very important in this day and age. And it involves um, at least 50% of the population uh, in, on a, in a great degree. And uh, so we're going to talk to both Nancy and Amy. And you're going to explain to me how you came up with the name. I think, I think, I think, I'm not sure, but I think I can pronounce it. Let me give it a shot. Um, the Passionistas. All right, you did it. Oh, very nice. And and they've got a, a program coming up called The Power of Passion. <laughs> 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 that didn't work out so well, but we've got an event coming up and we're going to talk about that. But first I want to talk about what is uh, Pastanistas and what does it mean and where did you come up with the title and, and what are you attempting to accomplish? Excellent. Well, we actually started our journey together uh, 12, 13 years ago as uh, pop culture Passionistas. And at that time, we were doing pop culture content for our own website and for all of our clients. And so we branded our company as the Pop Culture Passionistas just because we were passionate about pop culture. Um, and we did, you know, many, many years of celebrity interviews um, for, for over a decade. And we still do them now. But um, five or six years ago, we started thinking we wanted to just be doing something that was a little more impactful. And so we started to focus just on women and the stories of women. And so we, uh, we started a second branch of our company, which is called the Passionistas Project. And that's the place where we spotlight women who are following their passions and in order to inspire other women to do the same thing. So to us, a passionista is somebody who is passionate about something, who is following her passions, who wants to make change in the world. And, um, and so we've built a community of passionistas around the globe. That that is really awesome. You see, you you're working with my favorite type of people, women. <laughs> and uh, so, what was it that got you motivated to go down this road? Because it's 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 a lot of work to do what you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean the the genesis of the passionistas project was um, a combination of the election. Um, of former President Donald Trump and um, and the Me Too and Time's Up movements. Um, we were really leading up to that. We were feeling like we wanted to be doing something um, more in, in relation to activism, even just in our own personal lives. But when those things converged, it became really clear to us that we needed to be using our skills to tell the positive stories of women who were, you know, following their passions, doing amazing things in the world. You know, women, women-owned businesses still don't get the funding that male-owned businesses do. You know, women are still fighting for equal pay. Um, and we felt like it was really important for us to be elevating those stories. And, and over time, it's evolved into our annual summit, which we call the Power of Passionistas, and that's really focused on marginalized women in marginalized communities. So we um, we give our stage completely over to um, women and non-binary people from, you know, the disability rights uh, space, the LGBTQ community, AAPI, Black women, and Latinx women. Um, 
these are women that don't often get to tell their own stories. And we felt like we had this space we had created and we could step back and say, okay, have the conversations that you want to have and let us hear how we can walk away better at allies and advocates for you. You know, it's interesting because there are sometimes in the history of mankind when a certain movement becomes vital, very important, and as you go down the road, it becomes even more important. And I would say that we are in one of those times at the moment because of the disparity between the sexes as far as uh, pay goes and now even civil rights goes. Um, it's, it's become a real, and so congratulations. You must've gotten a message on high that said, this is the time when I want you to step out. Um, I have to say it was, was a, yeah, it, it was a middle of the night thought. It really was. That's when yeah. the best thoughts come, by the way, is in yeah. the middle of the night when you're half asleep and, and all of a sudden you get hit over the head with a sledgehammer that says, Hey, I should be doing this. Yeah. Yeah, we really feel like everything we've done in our lives has led us to this moment today. It has prepared us for be, for doing the work that we're doing right now, and uh, and we're we're thrilled that we happen to be here at this moment together, doing it together. And um, yeah, it really see it does seem like it was fate, and it was our uh, destined path. Well, there's no such thing, in my opinion, as, as necessarily fate. I think that this was planned many, many years ago, and your life experiences all the way up till now have made it possible for you to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah that makes crazy. sense. Yeah, we're, we're constantly surprised at, like, you know, even we're a two-woman show. We have some support, just w amazing women in our community, but we don't have a staff. Um, so we do 99% of it ourselves. And um, we're constantly amazed that it's like, oh, my God, we now we need to edit something. Oh, okay, we know how to edit. Okay, now we need to do social media. Okay, we figured out how to do that. So really, it's a culmination of everything we've learned and keep learning every day. So we're lucky. I understand exactly where you're coming from because I are the same way yeah. um, for a long time. I did this all by myself. And, uh, but now I've, I've got a little team around me that is loyal and efficient and they do a really nice job. We'll talk about that after the show. And, uh, I've got an idea for you or two. Great. Um, Excellent. We love ideas. <laughs> absolutely. So it is vital that, that you're working to do this now, you know, I got a feeling just out of, out of just i was just going to say this that the election of the 40 what is he the 45th president mm -hmm. um will have what they call unintended consequences and one of those unintended consequences is that there are people that are going to not sit still for what's been going on anymore because it's getting worse and it can't we can't we so i applaud i applaud the work that you're doing and also your inclusivity of everybody, regardless of who they love, uh, how they feel, um, that that is so important that, that we go down that road and to, and to get those stories told, especially with black women and with uh, Latinos and, and with folks that, that don't have the form, don't have the uh, ability to get out there like you do. Um, to be, for you to be able to help them. I, that, so congratulations. I think it's great. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. We're always amazed. With, we're, I think the thing that surprised us most is the women that we've become friendly with in the disability community. Um, there's so much injustice in that space. And, you know, they, they it, you know, educated us on the fact that it's still legal to pay really bad wages to people with disabilities in the United States. And, um, and that most it's under, is, under minimum wage, under minimum wage. Uh, and really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's legal. It's, explain that to me. Yeah. There's no explanation. There, there are certain States where you can still pay people with disabilities less than minimum wage. Yeah. And but, no one talks about it. A huge, but, a huge percentage of people with disabilities live in poverty. Yes. 
And I would I would just like to point out that I'm sure that some of these states that use utilize this this rule or this law or whatever it is, they're also the ones that uh, that have the that utilize the federal minimum wage. Which, by the way, unless unless something has happened that I'm unaware of, it's like seven dollars and fifty cents an hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's still outrageously low, and then you can pay people with disabilities below that. So these are the, these are the stories that it is criminal, and these are the stories because people with disabilities don't often get to speak on their own behalf. Well, no, um, no, you know, they don't. They there's there aren't people championing these topics, and so when we heard that, we were like, okay, well, this has to be our number one priority in terms of making you know we make sure that I believe every panel that we have coming up in the summit has. A person with a disability on it so that they can speak to the issues of the related topic because it, it's outrageous that that you know it's a, it's a community where most often people speak on their behalf and um and so it's really important to us to give the microphone over to the the people who are living with the issues day to day and oh and oh by the way almost all of us will be disabled at some point in our lives Yes. So if not from a selfish standpoint, if nothing else, why don't we why don't we help the disabled community more? Right. It's it's criminal. Yeah. Do you have any idea how many people we're talking about? Just in, as a rough sense? I don't. Yeah, I don't have the statistics. I wouldn't want to quote them improperly, but yeah. I do know that a huge portion of our population is disabled in one way or another. Yeah. And, yeah. and many, many of us will be as we get older. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was going to add that to my uh, list of st statistics that I'm that I'm real aware of. As an example, 13 million kids go to bed hungry in the United States of America and four and a half million people soon to be a lot more are in foster care um, because of, of the laws that have been changed recently. Right. Unwanted and, pregnancies. Yes. Unwanted pregnancies. Right. And and. Uh, there are going to be not enough people that are going to be wanting to adopt. And so there's going to be people that are going to end up in the foster care system and which is not good for anybody, including them, including them. You know, only 25 percent of the uh, people in the foster care system actually graduate from high school. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up. One of the women that we have in the summit um, on the power of knowledge panel her name is Judith Halbrick, and she has an organization in upstate New York called Home of Champions. And her mission is to help students in foster care um, become leaders and to seek higher education. So she helps them get into college and, and further their lives because they're, they're forgotten children, you know. And they become forgotten adults who end up a lot of times in the criminal justice system. Yeah. Um, they end up on welfare or homeless or worse. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, I'm so glad that you, that you guys came on the show that we could talk about this because it's so important if we are ever going to become the type of country that we choose to be, which is, uh, I don't know, um, um, you know, liberty for all and malice towards none and, mm -hmm. and all of that. You know, somebody said that and they meant, I think they meant it at the time, <laughs> but we still have <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the only way we're going to get there is if we actually care about each other <laughs> and put right. other people's issues uh, before our own. Well, and I just love the work that you guys are doing and, and shining a light on it is is the first step to making meaningful change. Yeah. Um, and so congratulations. And you, you should both be very proud of yourselves. Well, thank, thank you. you. You know, we're really proud of the women that we're working with because they're the they're the ones that are out on the front lines every day, you know, um, doing the work in their communities. And we're really fortunate that they share their knowledge with us in our community. Um, and all we can do is hope that we're making enough of a contribution collectively to to make their lives better. One of the things that I do on Positive Talk Radio on the radio side, which is KKNW 1150 AM, is I have a segment that I call uh, Angels Among Us. Mm -hmm. And I would really like to focus on you 
and also some of your other uh, speakers and folks that are intimately involved with making meaningful change because uh, I'd like to highlight that. So I, I would in, encourage you and invite you to in, invite them and and we then we'll put them on the air and uh, have, have a great time talking about people that are really honestly trying to do something better for the betterment of all. We would love that. That's thank wonderful. You. Yeah, we can send you. you a nice long list. <laughs> <laughs> I like lists. We can always do lists. So let's talk about the uh, the power of the pet. Let's power you guys. Uh, <laughs> when, when is the summit twenty twenty two happening? So the summit is September 21st through 23rd, 2022. It's a Wednesday night. We kick off with the Luna Fest Film Festival, which is a festival brought to us by uh, Luna Bars. And they do an annual festival that is a film festival of short films by women for women. So there's eight film fest films in the festival. So we'll be screening that. And then we'll be doing a round table with all the filmmakers. So it's a really fun way to kick off the night. And then all day... Thursday, there are panels um, that are also storyteller events with roundtables. So every woman tells their story as it relates to the topic. And we have topics like the power of knowledge, power of transformation, power of resilience. Um, and they all tell their stories. And then afterwards, they have a roundtable and discuss each other's stories. And they can share how their communities are affected by the various issues that are women are facing today. And then Thursday night, we have the Power of Passionistas, uh, Passionistas Persist Awards. And so this is our third annual Persist Awards. And um, the first year we gave an award to the actress Bellamy Young. Last year we gave awards to Margaret Cho and Dr. Jane Goodall. And this year we are giving six awards. Uh, one of them is going to Lorraine Newman, who was one of the founding members of Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah. We are giving uh, four other awards to uh, some incredible women who have done work in the Latin community and in the uh, disability community and others. And then our final award this year is the winner of a contest that we held for um, 501c3s that are woman-centric. So one organization received the most votes and will be getting an award that night and will be revealed that evening. And then Friday, we have another almost full day of panels. We're going to end around two o'clock. And then we um, are wrapping it up with a presentation about voting because the seminar is uh, about five or six weeks before the midterm elections. So we are, we are talking to people about all of the issues they just heard about and all the things that are impacting us and how we can actually get out and make a difference by voting. And I just want to... Uh... As a public service announcement, I just want to say, first of all, everybody should vote. No, but secondly, um, are you aware of what happened in uh, Kansas? Which thing? Yes. <laughs> the, the Roe versus Wade, the, the, the decision on abortion in Kansas. Yes. The, the, yes. Vote, the vote that they took yes. and, that, and there was, um, see, if you're not aware of this, um, let, me, let me explain it to you. Uh, oftentimes in a non-presidential year uh, the and in the primaries uh, that the vote turnout is very small. It's, it's about half of what it is when uh, um, for a presidential year. And so the Republicans, because in the Kansas Constitution, it does affirm the right to, of, an abortion, of, of an abortion. And so that's in the Kansas, um, um, constitution. And so they put a bill at the midterm or no, excuse me, at the primaries, not the midterm right. to get as few as votes as possible so that they could possibly overturn that particular statute. Well, 50% of the population came out and voted and they overwhelmingly voted it down. Now, Kansas is the biggest red state that there is. And they overwhelmingly voted it down because, um, the women got together and said, no, we're not going to have this. And so that, that can happen all over the country. And I think, I think that it's going to happen all over the country um, with the midterms. What do you think? 
I absolutely think so. And, you know, what's, yeah. what's interesting, you know, obviously 50% does reflect that it probably was mostly women that went and voted. But I think what's really interesting about the Roe versus Wade issue and how it's going to um, affect the upcoming election is this is an everybody issue. You know, it's it, it's not just a women's issue. You know, we've gone to every women's march since that, that fateful election. And um, the first four or five of them were women. And every once in a while, you'd see a very supportive boyfriend who was along for the journey, um, you know. And and this year, when they when the row when when row was overturned, um, we went to the march, and I would say forty percent of the people there were men. Yeah, and it because it's finally dawning on the men in our lives that this impacts them greatly. Um, and so men aren't going to sit quietly and have this happen either. And I don't think that necessarily our elected officials um, realized that that was going to be the case. No, they're, they're, they're trying to ignore the topic as best that they can at this. Yeah, they are. Yep. But to make it even more, more prevalent is that, that, that that's not the only right that they're talking about down the road right. that, that they could that could be in jeopardy because right. there is a group that are called i believe they're constitutional um um fundamentalist or and that's not the term that they use but they believe that the constitution should be interpreted the way that it was when it was written in uh, 1789 yeah it's originalism originators yeah originalism and uh and so they they think that uh, if it wasn't in the original constitution, it is not a protected right. Right. Well, then we should all be armed with muskets, right? Yeah. Exactly. Gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and women women did not get the right to vote until the 1920s. Right, and, and, not, and not, all not all women, women. <laughs> got the right to vote in the 1920s. Correct. That was the yeah. genesis of our summit. Was it's the hundred? It was the hundredth anniversary of women getting the right to vote, and yet it was marking an anniversary that didn't honor all women. And the position we were taking was we've come far, but where are we and what can we do to get us the rest of the way? You know, the, there's still no equal rights amendment. Um, amazingly enough. Amazingly yeah. enough. So yes, I, yes, this is just, I think Clarence Thomas's list in the, um, in his support of of the Alito, you know, doctrine was um, was very telling, and I think there are lots of people that are are brushing that off. But, well, he's the only one that said it. And it's like the fact that anybody said that they're going to reverse gay marriage, it should have everybody out on the street right now. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, there was a, quite a list of things in there. Um, one of which I had to laugh that he actually approved of is interracial marriage. Exactly. That, that was the one thing that wasn't on the list. <laughs> well, it, he can't, he can't pick and choose because yeah, that exactly. Because he tried to exclude that from his list and everybody called him out on that right away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm very glad that you guys are, are putting this together. And um, now this is a virtual event. Is there going to be, in a place as well, or is it going to be hundred percent virtual? It's a hundred percent virtual. We, um, you know, we, we, like Amy said, we started this in 2020 because um, it was the hundredth anniversary of some women getting the right to vote. And we started thinking about it in January, knowing that that anniversary was coming up in August and started talking about what can we do? We could rent a place in LA. We could have our local LA community come out and have an event. Maybe we'll have a, a panel or two and a luncheon or something. And then um, as we started formulating ideas, March 2020 rolled around and there was this little thing called the pandemic. Not sure if you've heard about it or not, but um, <laughs> kind, of, kind of shut us down. <laughs> wow, so, it's the sad yeah. days. Yeah. yeah, so we um, then began planning the summit as a virtual event. And honestly, in many ways, it was uh, a blessing in disguise because we were able to not only 
include the local women, but it was a global event. It, we had women from Kenya watching and we had women in Italy and Australia and Canada taking part in the summit. So um, from there on, we decided pandemic or no pandemic, we really want to make it virtual so that it can be a global event. Um, and, you know, maybe down the line, we'll have a live component to it. That's not off the table. But right now we really uh, enjoy the fact that it's virtual. And so we can include as many women as possible. Well, there's so much more that you can do virtually now than you mm -hmm. used to be able to do that. You can you can create the exact event virtually that you can with people in the room it, yeah. because it yeah. and it works actually even better because you you can have 100 people that are that are on camera at any given time. And the technology has just gotten so, so good that it doesn't matter if it's yeah. live or if, if it's virtual. Yeah, it's cool. You know, the the soft the platform we're using this year is called Hopin, and um, we have our main stage where we can have the big events. We have sessions that can where everybody can do the the panels where there's Q and A's. Um, there's a virtual lobby, so we have exhibitors and sponsors there, and then there's speed networking. So you can there'll be times during the course of the weekend, you know, the three day event where um, you can have one-on-one -on -one five minute speed networking uh, sessions with other people who are attending. And we've done those at other events and they're really great. You connect with some amazing people. Um, so yes, it's just as good as being in person, except you can be in your sweatpants, <laughs> which is my goal in life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I just applaud what you guys are doing and uh, I, th I think it's really cool. Now the award that you have coming up, uh, what do you call them again? The Passionistas Persist Awards. And what are the qualifications? And can anybody enter this? How do how do they how do they get the, involved with it? If the they um, the main awards are um, selected by the committee of Amy and I, <laughs> with with <laughs> input with with input from our trusted consultants. Um, so those are really just women that we admire, women who have persisted, women who have, you know, we have a trailblazer award. So women who are trailblazers, the Vanguard Award. So somebody who has really stepped out in the forefront of, of their of their community. Um, we have the Icon Award, and that's what we gave to Dr. Jane Goodall last year and what we're giving to Lorraine Newman this year. So those awards are really, um, if people have thoughts and ideas of people to nominate, and, and we also, we usually go out on social media and ask our community, like, who do you think we should give the awards to? Um, so those are those are chosen just by committee. The, the Passionistas Persist Visionary Award this year is the award we're giving to a 501c3, and we put out a call through our email list and all of our social media platforms and our community to nominate women who have a charity that's women-centric, that's female-founded and women-centric. Um, and so we got all sorts of nominations and we picked the top 10 that had the most nominations. And, and then we did, had a two week period of voting where our community voted and their communities voted. And the woman who got the most votes is gonna get the award. You know, that could be a really big deal. That could You could end up making that a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to see it grow. You know, what we do with the awards is we um, we pre-record it. We um, actually, we get the award shipped to the recipient, and then we record interviews with every recipient. So um, did, did you get we, an interview with Jane Goodall? We did an interview with we Jane did. Goodall. It was the highlight oh. of our career. Oh, man. <laughs> really, there will never be a more incredible 30 minutes of our lives that would have been something it, it was, was on my it was on my birthday last year it was the greatest birthday gift ever oh that is phenomenal it that was, is phenomenal it had been our dream since i mean she's been our idol since we were little girls of course and anytime anybody ever and we've interviewed a lot of really cool people and um but anytime anyone ever said who's your dream? We would say Jane Goodall, do you know her? <laughs> and um, <laughs> Nobody knew her. And uh, we reached out to a friend who's just part of this big network. And he said, that's ridiculous. I can't get you to Dr. Jane Goodall. No one can get to Dr. Jane Goodall. And then half an hour later, he called back and said, I found somebody. And they gave me Jane Goodall's assistant's personal email address and a name you can use. 
And it took us about eight months, but we confirmed the interview and, uh, and got to talk to her. She was in her childhood home, the home that she always talks and writes about. She looked out the window while we were talking to her and said, that's the tree I used to climb reading to read my Tarzan books. <laughs> and um, it, it was the greatest 30 minutes. We don't have children, so I'm sure childbirth is a more religious experience, but for us. <laughs> Only the very end. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other parts are less than inspiring. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's, that's, really, that's really good. As a matter of fact, you've inspired me because um, I have a program. I have something that, uh, and by the way, you both qualify for this. It's, it's, uh, I have a program that's called um, Authentic Grit. It's people that don't quit, that live their lives fully and completely and work to, for the betterment of the planet. And, um, um, and one of them, which is resilient, you never quit, you have strength of character, you're positive, passionate, and humble. And so I, I'm going to create a, a uh, Authentic Grit Award or right. series of awards. You should. That's a great idea. I'm going, I'm going, going to do that, doggone it, because Excellent. and you know the, the thing is, is that you guys have gone down this road and you and you aren't quitting, um, even though you've had issues. Perhaps I, nothing is easy, right. and, and everything has its own challenges, from editing to finding the right people. Eight months to get uh, Miss Goodall—that that that qualifies as authentic grit. <laughs> we are greedy. <laughs> Nothing else. You didn't stop, and that's and that's that's really cool. And that so, um, did you give each other an award for being who you are? No, we our our award is getting to work together every day. Yeah. Oh, that that is so much fun. Now, do you guys live in the same area? We do. We're only ten minutes apart. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So we lived what, apart for. 10 years nancy was in boston and i was in california but now we live together 10 minutes yeah. apart which 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 coast did you end up on the west we are on we are on the west coast we grew up on the east coast which which in the middle of the country like in arkansas i worked for a company out of arkansas for a while they call they call california the left coast the left coast we are yes. left <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think they could use a little bit of left in anyway. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, what do you, where do you see this going? Where do you see your, your careers going? How big do you want to take this? How, how important do you want to impact the, the world? I assume you want to impact the world to a great degree. Absolutely. I mean, we want to build it as big as we possibly can. Um, you know, our mission is to continue with the podcast, which, um, you know, we spotlight every two weeks. We post a new episode where we're spotlighting a different woman, everybody from a woman who founded an ice cream company to a woman who melts down nuclear weapons and sculpts peace angels. Um, we want to continue with our subscription box, which is a quarterly box a lifestyle box filled with products from women owned businesses. And that allows us to. Uh, put some money into the female-based economy. We want to build a bigger shop on our website. We have a, a store on our website of all women-owned products, but we want to expand that. Um, and we want the Power of Passionistas to be a huge annual event that uh, everybody comes to. You know, we welcome men to come as well. It's a, it's a, the stages are packed with um, women and non-binary people, but our audience has included men and we encourage that because men have told us that they like it because it's what women are talking about when they're not in the room and they finally get to hear the, the honest opinion and honest stories that women are telling. Um, so that's really powerful to us. So we wanna expand our audience base to make sure men know they're included. And then the Persist Awards, like you were saying, make that a, a bigger uh, annual event. And beyond that, yeah, as many women as we can help, as much awareness as we can raise. We want to mentor young girls. Our, our uh, charitable partner this year is Shiro's Rise, which is uh, an organization founded by Sonali Pereira Bridges. And that organization helps young girls 
learn all the things they need to learn outside of the classroom, like gratitude and confidence. Um, so they're our charitable partner this year and they have a mentorship program. So we'd like to, whether it's with them in the future or on our own, have a mentorship program where we're encouraging young girls to follow their passions. Um, what else, Nan? I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> I think that I think that's what we can do. <laughs> you know, in in response to the the male issue or the men issue, yeah. Um, it seems to me that if you're a man and you're a father, number one, you're you're married to I don't know more than likely a woman, unless you want to be married to a man, and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. um and, but you're if you're married to a woman and you have daughters and you want the best for your daughter so to live the best life that they can to have the best most advantages that they can i can't imagine why you would not be for a program like yours uh, are you finding that there's resistance among men at all or are they just unaware of it i, I, think, I think they're not aware really of it I think a little of both. I think that they're mostly not aware of it. Um, but I think it depends on the man you talk to. I think, you know, there are still a lot of men out there that, you know, maybe even say they want women to have more equality, but they don't. Hence the reversal of Roe versus Wade. I mean, that's, we all know that's not about babies. We all know that's about power and staying, staying in charge. So, you know, we personally haven't spoken to men who say, I'm not coming to that, but it's out there. It's out there just in the fact that we have a hard time spreading the word about it because yeah. people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to, you know, admit that there's issues that need to be discussed. Especially when those issues relate to marginalized women. We had a, mm -hmm. an aha moment, as Oprah would say, um, with our consultant, the amazing Dr. Melissa Bird. Um, a few months into promoting the summit this year, we were like, why is it so hard to get people gets, why is it difficult for us to get sponsors? Why is it hard to, to get, you know, publicity? And we realized, cause we're giving voice to the women that have been held down for a very, very long time. And I think people are scared of, of hearing the real stories of of what these women have to say sometimes so we encourage everybody to put their egos aside to put their fear aside and to to join the community because uh making the, these women these marginalized women that we know are the most powerful smartest hardest working women on the planet because they have to work 10 times harder than the rest of us have had to because of the opportunities that we've had versus what they've had. And uh, I think there are people there, and I will say men, perhaps especially that are afraid for those people to get the power that they deserve because they are a force to be reckoned with. Then yeah. they are indeed. They are <laughs> indeed. I was a, a bus driver for 12 years in Seattle. So I know a great deal about um, um, women and especially Women who are single mothers because whoever they um, had the baby with has decided for whatever reason, he's either in jail or he's no longer part of their lives. And so they not only have to uh, bring in the bacon, they've got to cook the bacon. They've got to put the kids to bed. They've got to get them to school. I can't imagine a harder life than that. Yeah. And oftentimes yeah. they have to work two jobs. And yeah. mm -hmm. Because they get paid less. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's, we, it's hard to believe that in the United States of America, which some of us would call the best country in the world, um, that we have some of these problems that, um, are inherent in, in the system. It's got to change. It's yeah. just got to change. And that's, that's why, that's why we at Positive Talk Radio support what you guys are doing and want to do everything that we can for you to be a success. First of all, your podcast, what's it called and how can somebody find it? It's called the Passionistas Project Podcast, and it's that's a, available. That's an unusual name. Yeah, and it is available anywhere you where you can get your podcast: Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere. And you can also just go to thepassionistasproject.com and listen to it there. I know it's right there. I'm watching. I'm looking at your website, and the name of your website, of course, is 
thepassionistasproject.com. That's that's easy to come across. And <laughs> you've got a list of the folks that you're going to be at the virtual event. you got you got a ton of women that are there. That there are going are about to be 50, 50 women and non-binary people uh, involved. Um, an amazing assortment of people and um, really powerful. And, and like Nancy said, international. We have many women uh, from who will be coming in from Australia virtually. There's a woman in Singapore. There's a woman in France some women in Canada. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an incredible international group of powerhouse women. So when you two were sitting across from each other or perhaps digitally, um, in, in different parts of the country, um, and you started coming up with this idea, did you ever stop to think that it was going to become what it is today and where it's going? No idea, no clue. We really didn't. Like I said, we really, it started as like, let's gather together the 20 women that we know in Los Angeles and have a lunch. You know, <laughs> that's really what it was going to be. And here we are, you know. And, and we have this Mary, yeah. we have the Mary Tyler Moore party fear that we're going to throw a party and no one's going to show up. And <laughs> so we were like, okay, we'll have, we'll do a, a little thing in the afternoon and we'll prepare ourselves and no one will be there. So the fact that people are showing up on a regular basis is, uh, is really awesome. Well, it's because if you build it, they will come. That's right. Yeah. And you're building, you're building the, the format and stuff so that people can just plug themselves into it and that they can, because, you know, everybody's busy and uh, I'm glad that this is your passion and uh, why you, why you have authentic grit is because you are working at this, uh, day and night, night and day, and you're not going to be denied. That's right. Very so true. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. So now who I got to ask you before I go, because somebody is asking me to ask you, who are the famous people that you've interviewed? And are there, do you have any stories there that we can. Uh... <laughs> we have interviewed a lot of famous people. I, I got to ask you, how do you get them on your show? We you know, so to be clear, we do not have many famous people on our show. Um, our podcast, since we started it, the Passionistas Project podcast, we shine a light on women who don't ordinarily get the spotlight. So our celebrity interviews are part of our pop culture Passionistas brand. Um, and we, you know, as far as who we get for our personal website, we just have a lot of connections to you know, entertainment or entertainment business publicists, and we're on mailing lists and they send out emails and say, you know, we're promoting such and such. And do you want to talk to them? And we say, yes, we do. Um, but honestly, a majority of our celebrity interviews have come through a couple of different clients that we have. So one of our clients is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we um, have done yeah, so we've done some celebrity interviews, most notably we produced, we did not conduct the interview, but we produced an interview with Mick Jagger. So we were both in his presence, which was hey, very he's exciting. He's a good guy. Yes, he cool. is. That was cool. Um, and then we are, one of our biggest clients is the Television Academy. So the majority of our celebrity interviews have been done through the Television Academy, which is people that do the Emmys. So we've he's done... Six over 60 archival interviews for their foundation. So we sit down for three to four hours with the celebrity and we start with what was your name at birth? And we go all the way through to how do you want to be remembered? And we talk about their entire career for three or four hours. And, and I remember that you actually, you guys actually did the red carpet thing for a while. We did, we did, uh, and, and still hopefully do. There hasn't been a red carpet for a few years, so, um, but we did the red carpet at the Emmys with Television Academy for, for 10 years plus, I think 11 years maybe. Um, and yeah, spoke to hundreds and hundreds of really cool people from television, from uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus to Brian Cranston to... Lorne Michaels to you know Bob anyone, Newhart. yeah, anyone you can think of really, you know, Tracy you know, Ullman. Oh, cool! You know, at the beginning of this interview, you said that your life experience led you to this, and and I agree with you because doing what you did with television and with the Emmys and and with the red carpet and doing the interviews and stuff that all prepped you for for bringing all of that forward to what you're doing today. 
Yeah, and it gave us the passion for interviewing people. We are both incredibly introverted girls from a little town outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and never had any interest in, I don't even like to go to parties and have to make small talk with people. So <laughs> it's the thought of making my living and having a career, having conversations. Um, Nancy and I never in a million years would have thought that's what we would want to do. But we, because of the, especially the Television Academy interviews, the archive interviews, where you really go deep into someone's life, they're like, therapy sessions, you see them kind of deer in the headlights when they are done sometimes thinking about all the stuff we kind of dredge up. And um, and we both discovered a passion for interviewing people at the same time. And uh, if that hadn't happened, we would not be doing what we're doing right now in any way, shape or form. But, but because we loved helping people tell their stories so much, we knew that when when we had the idea for the Passionistas project, it was like, that's how we should do it. We should make it just give people the platform to tell their stories. Well, now you're making me nervous because I'm hoping that my interview style is OK for you guys because oh. you're, you're professionals. We love talking to you. It's, it's wonderful. We love it. Well, <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. Thank goodness for that. I can only tell you. Uh, I enjoy talking to you guys. I want to have you on the show again. You know, what was interesting when somebody first came to me with um, uh, having you guys on, it was like, and I, I don't know who it was or where, but it was like, are you sure he's a guy? Are you going to want, is he going to want to interview you guys <laughs> and stuff? Is he going to want to go down that, you know, that place and, and stuff. And uh, my assistant said, uh, Oh, absolutely. Cause he is, he's got a soft spot for this kind of thing. And I do, because women are some of the best people that I've ever met and they deserve everything that God gave them and they get, God gave guys and we should all be hundred percent equal. Well, we appreciate that. And we also just say, we love men. We have incredible men in our lives that support us. We've had a great father and brother who were champions of us our whole lives. And we've had incredible male mentors that have helped us through our careers. So this isn't an anti-man movement at all. No, it really, all. it really is just about leveling the playing field. But it, and, you, and just so you know, it doesn't come across as being anti-male. Good. It, it comes across as being positive person for everybody. Um, you know, and it, just because you're focusing on women, it just so happens. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but it just so happens that we you still haven't caught up to us yet. And and until until we can look at each other across the uh, gender divide and go, we are all equal and we are all paid the same and we all get the same rights and we're all doing the same stuff. Until we get there, then of course you we need to highlight the deficiencies in our system because there are many. Yeah, I think our ultimate dream is to not have to do this anymore right. because it's not an issue, <laughs> you know. As a friend, our friend Selene Luna said during the Persist Awards last year, like she doesn't find great joy in being an activist. It's it's not like something everybody wants to do. We do it because it has to be done. And we're lucky that we are happy to be in the company we're in and supporting the people we're supporting. But nothing would make us happier than for these to not be issues anymore. There's an old saying goes something like this if not you who if not now when mm -hmm. and Absolutely. it is time and yeah. well i take that back it's well past time past time <laughs> <laughs> and this should this should have been solved 200 years ago yeah and but but it's not yet and I, and i applaud the work that you guys are doing to get this done we've been talking to amy harrington and nancy is your what's your last name nancy are i'm you sorry i shouldn't have put it i should have put it in the zoom i'm nancy harrington yeah are you sisters we're sisters yes. but you did see you didn't mention wait that. a minute we missed that point <laughs> <Can> we start <laughs> over 
That's usually <laughs> the first thing we say. Yeah, no, I, I, at least I didn't catch it. If you said it, I, I missed it. But I, I, but you guys are sisters. That's great. We are sisters. You're, you know what's we really been, cool about we've that? We've been best friends since the day Amy was born. See, that's the cool thing is that you're your sisters and your best friends, and you really actually like each other. Um, there are lots of, as you know, there are lots of siblings that that just don't get along. So yeah. we couldn't um, make it through a day without each other and our other three other siblings who we love dearly as well. Yeah. Well, very good. Your parents were productive. That's nice. <laughs> productive so, and supportive. That's awesome. I have to, I have to wrap this up, but if there's, I would like to give both of you an opportunity to say anything that you would like to, to our audience, those that are listening now and those that will be listening in the future. I would just like to say, please buy a ticket to the seminar. <laughs> the, the Fashionistas, the Power Fashionistas Summit in September, 21 to 23rd. And uh, the fashionistasproject.com is where you can go buy tickets. It, you will not be sorry. It's going to be an amazing three days. Yeah. And I would expand that to say, join our community. Everybody is welcome. And um we can only make this change if we do it together. So please be a part of the Passionistas community and help us change the world. And together we can change the world. Of that, I have no doubt. Yep, agreed. Ladies, thank you so much for being here. Will you come back and do KKNW with me and, and we can promote, promote the event a little bit more? We would love that. Thank you for offering. Oh, you're more, you're more than welcome. It's... Uh, um, you guys are angels among us and you're working to make a positive change in the world. And I can't thank you enough for doing the work you're doing. Um, right back at you. We, we so admire what you're doing. So thank you. Well, gee whiz, we got mutual admiration society. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Ladies, thank you very much. If you wait thank right you. there, I will be right back. Okay. Hey, Seven. thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.